You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Are you willing to believe in a dream before you see any evidence that it can become real? Or do you think it's smarter to see it before you believe it? Hey, hello, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm excited to announce that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of their service at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Story Power. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash Story Power. You can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. If you get value from today's show, please visit us on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us your rating and review. Then click subscribe. Also, definitely visit changeyourstorypodcast.com and download your free ebook, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. I would love to hear from you to get your impressions of the show and to tell me the things that you would like to see in it Going forward, you can reach me at Lewis, that's L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Today's guest is a man whose life is based on believing it before he sees it. A former New York State trooper, a father of five beautiful children that he homeschools with his wife Patty, who today is also his business partner. He left the security of trading time for dollars, took the risk to become an entrepreneur network marketer. Did it pay off? Well, he and Patty earn multiple seven figures per year. They've been honored with every award their company offers. They've achieved every rank advancement and are now the number one earners in that company. His name is Herb Cepeda. It's my great pleasure and honor to welcome him to the show. Herb, thank you so much for being our guest today. My pleasure. Herb, share with us why you chose law enforcement as your first career. (laughs) That's a great question. Well, I chose it because, quite frankly, after four years of college playing baseball and partying and having a good time, I came out of school not knowing what I was you know, going to do with my life. And I just happened to see an advertisement for New York State Police and how they were going to conduct an academy. And, you know, I thought it would be pretty cool to drive, you know, the cars fast down the highway and wear the uniforms and have a gun strapped to my side. So <laughs> I took the <laughs> test to become a New York State trooper. And, and fortunately, 
you know, out of 60,000 candidates, I was one of a 105 people that actually made it through the whole process. That's a great story. Once you were in law enforcement, what did you begin to really like about it? Uh, well, I liked the fact that I had a job in, <laughs> in a paycheck, <laughs> in a paycheck that came in every two weeks. And I got married while I, while I was in the academy to Patty. And, you know, we had benefits. And, you know, it's interesting because that really defined or was the definition of our of success for us back, you know, 35 years ago was go to school, you know, get good grades, come out, get a job with a company or start your own business and you'll be taken care of and you'll have your benefits and you have money to put food on the table and to pay your bills, have a roof over your head and, you know, you're, you're living the American dream. But for us, a dream quickly became a nightmare because, you know, it seemed like we were giving our lives just to get by. And, you know, I don't know, we were fortunate, thank God, that, you know, we happened to be at a place where we realized that that was a reality for, for not only us, but for most people. And, you know, it, it, it got to us, man. It became a little discouraging. Uh, but, you know, I spoke on a call this morning to, to our team, and we do uh, those calls daily. And I said, you know, it's interesting because, you know, this this lifestyle that we live with our business is second to none. I mean, for most people who are in a job situation or even in a business that they own, you know, if they get tired of it or, you know, are bored or just want to take a break, they can't just say to their owners, look, I'm not coming in. Uh, I'm just tired. I need a break. You can't do that or you'll be fired. <laughs> exactly. Hold that thought for a moment. What was your pay scale as a state trooper? Specifically, what was the ceiling on your income? You know, you're talking about something that's, you know, 30 years ago. So, you know, with the economies of scale and the cost of living and stuff, that absolutely changes because let's face it, a dollar 30 years ago was worth a lot more than a dollar today. So, you know, back then it was, I know I started at $19,000 a year and within three years I was up to $30,000 a year, but I think today they start at 50, 60,000 a year and within a three year time frame, they're up to 90,000 a year. 90,000 a year and you're risking your life. Yeah, every day. I mean, every day you risk your life. And whenever you're a law enforcement officer, you know, that tends to be part of the job. And unfortunately today, you know, there's even more challenges with the issues that people having with their perception about law enforcement. But the truth is, these are people who are who lay their lives. And I know it from personal experience. They, they lay their lives. They put their lives on the line every single day day for the betterment of society and to protect you. And, you know, I, my hat's off to him to this very day. How, how long did you remain a state trooper? A little over five years. And, and Patty, was she a school teacher at that time? She was going through getting her master's degree uh, for special education. So the answer to the question is, yeah, she was, uh, she was getting her master's degree in special education and she was subbing at the same time. How did you and Patty meet? We met in college, uh, freshman year, State University of New York, yeah, up in Cortland, New York. And, you know, we were in the same dorm. In the same dorm? In the same dorm. They're co-ed dorms. So, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of common today in, in, in colleges. <laughs> but, you know, half of the, 
it, it's segregated within the dorm, but nonetheless, they're co-ed dorms, and we oh, met. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, you never get any sleep. And um... <laughs> Herb, how did you discover network marketing? When I was a state trooper, another trooper introduced us to it. I mean, he said, you know, some words that provoked our interests, although there was a high degree of skepticism and even cynicism. Um, he was a friend, and because of it, it came to us from a friend. You know, we found the time, inevitably, to have him over, and he came over to our, our little home and presented what he was talking about. And that's that was our exposure to the industry. I'm sure you were skeptical and cynical. How long did it take you to overcome your resistance to it? Well, it's interesting. Patty took to it first. I mean, she, you know, back then it was a line of product that she would, you know, she related to skin and hair care and most women do. And so she took to it and she ran with it. And it took me several months to actually, you know, come on board and to really be a part of it. I, you know, didn't leave my job the day that she decided to engage in it. And so, but after a while, you know, it became exciting even for me and I decided to join her and, you know, within, I don't know, 24 months, we had a certain level of success that gave us confidence for us to resign from our careers. Wow, 24 months. That's phenomenal, man. As you were building, did you meet resistance from um, any of your peers or anybody in your, um, in your family? Of course. I mean, that's part of the business. That's part of what we do. I mean, the beautiful thing about what we do is that we work with all kinds of people. The terrible thing about what we do is that we work with all kinds of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they come to the table with their opinions, you know, with their skepticism, with their um, lack of entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, the list goes on and on, and we deal with it. But there's certain ways to deal with it that's very um, – it's easy uh, once you understand it on your your conscious mind. So it allows you to go through the numbers and go through the people, realizing that people are people. It's not meant for everybody. Not everybody in this world is going to be successful. If it was that way, then we wouldn't have the staggering statistics that we have in the United States today. And so our job is to remain upbeat, positive, and optimistic and understand that there are billions of people on this planet. So chances are there are hundreds of millions of people who are positive and optimistic, who can take a company, you know, from nothing to multiple billions of dollars annually. Absolutely. And uh, you're a living example of it. And um, what, do you remember what would have been the most um, intense resistance that you got from anybody, the strongest, from anybody close to you? Not really. I mean, uh, you know, you... We're not we're not ones to harp on that kind of stuff. We we like to forget about it. So we like to, you know, be like the ultimate duck that it rolls off the back and we go on. So no, we, you know, I don't, you know, I don't even want to think about any of that ever. I mean, even if it's harsh and even if it's bad, it's not something that, you know, we we keep in a in our conscious mind. We just, you know, we've conditioned ourselves to move past it. And the quicker you move past it, the quicker you move on to the next person who could be the right one. I totally agree with that mindset, Herb. For the benefit of those listeners who are in network marketing or considering getting into it, 
it would be valuable for them to know what kind of struggles or obstacles a very successful person like yourself overcame. So what would you say were the biggest obstacles that you had to face and conquer in order to become the success that you are? The biggest obstacle is always going to be the, the human mind, the, your, your mind, believe it or not. It's how you think, the, the way you think that causes your thoughts would ultimately, you know, causes your words. Your words become your, you know, your, your motives. Your motives become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits define your character and your character ultimately defines your destiny. So, you know, if you know, sim- you know, simple algebra of A equals B and B equals C and C equals D and D equals F, then A equals F. So your thoughts become your destiny. Mm-hmm. I know it's wild to think about that. And most people don't, but, you know, I believe it. I've studied it. I've watched it. I practiced it. And it's a reality. So the biggest stumbling block always for everybody will boil down to them and their thoughts, their mind. And, and for you, do you remember a specific uh, wall that you had to break down in order to move into a higher level of success? Mm. Not really, Lewis. I mean, it, you know, the common things, you know, that you battle with, people battle with, like, you know, not liking being told no or, you know, taking rejection personally and things like that. Of course, everybody struggles with that, but there's ways to condition yourself around it. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't recall struggling with any of that. I struggle with more personal things, <laughs> you know, with myself, you know, look, I'm human. I've got my shortcomings just like anybody else, but these are things you work on on a daily basis. And, you know, life is short. You know, that's my message to a lot of people. I mean, you, you, you can pick and choose what you want to do with your life and how you want to live it. And a lot of people live it broke, living qu- lives of quiet desperation. But the truth is most people, if they had a choice, would prefer not to do that. And so we just have an opportunity that allows them to have the lifestyle that they really want. Well, I like what you said, that, that um, your biggest obstacles would be personal ones. Can, can you name one that was that you conquered? No, I don't think I'd be, I'd be doing myself justice by naming my inadequacies here. <laughs> Actually, you would. You would be doing yourself because vulnerability is tremendous strength, my friend. Sure, absolutely. I mean, sleeping in maybe too long. I mean, maybe not staying too focused on, you know, task at hand and being distracted, things of that nature. Maybe not mm-hmm. paying attention to to people who, you know, in you know, in 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 their lives, it's really important to have that attention, and I maybe don't pick up on that and. Things like that. I mean, you know, we can always better ourselves mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. every area of our lives. I mean, you know, not praying to God enough, you know, things, you know, it. I, the list goes on and on and on. So, you know, life is just a, a, a journey of continuing to move forward, bettering yourselves or myself. I'll speak in the first person until until that last breath is taken. Mm-hmm. I like that. Do you recall any of your biggest mistakes as you were building your success? Because they say that all these all great people fail forward quickly. Yeah, I mean, not not in building. Well, yes. Um, 
let, let me rewind the clock and let everybody know that when we were introduced in this, to this industry, it wasn't just a matter of getting in and all of a sudden this great success happens. We got into this industry. We had success within our first 36 months, pretty good success. But then it started to unwind on us and it started to go backwards. And ultimately, you know, we crashed and burned and ended up filing, filing bankruptcy. I mean, it was it was devastating to us after all the emotion, blood, sweat, and tears that went into building a business. You end up years later filing bankruptcy and you make a commitment that you would never engage in this process again. And that is what happened to us unless, you know, you found a company that scored a perfect 10 in some very simple categories. The company, the product line, the compensation plan, the training and support and the timing. And we went on a 17-year journey looking for a company that scored a perfect 10 in those categories. Instead, what we found were companies that employed uh, compensation plans, for examples, that were either archaic or ancient, things like stair-step breakaway compensation plans, coded bonus compensation plans, matrix compensation plans, unilevel compensation plans, all of which have a, a logistical approach in, Patty and I coined a term, it's called generational restrictive compensation plans, which means that they limit how much you can earn or how deep they pay you off of your word of mouth based on how many levels you qualify to earn. And so most of those compensation plans pay five, six, seven generations deep. But after that, they cut off your word of mouth. That's generational restrictive. We wanted a compensation plan that didn't actually cut off anything. We wanted to a compensation plan where it didn't matter if a person on your team was on level two or 200,000, you would capture all the volume. You said something really fascinating to me that it all began to unwind. What was it that caused that? The dynamics of that we didn't understand because of the newness in the industry. But, you know, if I could, in a nutshell, it had, it had a lot to do with perception of the industry, some media attention that we had, and the compensation plan that they used. It was a it was a stair step breakaway. It's kind of like a unilevel compensation plan that you know restricted you know your ability to capture people who were introduced to that company um, stemming from your initial word of mouth. You just didn't capture the volume, and we didn't know that. And so a lot of these compensation plans by these companies. I mean, Patty and I have taken seventeen years to analyze them, but most people, you know, they just especially people who are introduced to our company, they they really don't understand the fortune that they've got. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. they don't mm -hmm. have to understand good and bad. They're in a good place. So they'll just realize the good. And, you know, for us, it was that compensation plan that unwound it on us. I mean, we started to go backwards and backwards very quickly, and we thought it was a function of us. When it really was a function of the compensation plan, these companies initiate these compensation plans that are specifically designed to create a few examples of people who make a tremendous amount of money, normally at the expense of most of the people involved with those companies who don't make any, so that the companies can prosper. That's a great insight. What did you guys do when that first dream collapsed, when that enterprise ended? What kind of work did you do? Well, you know, that's a great question. I mean, we, you know, when you're in a position like that, I mean, you... It's not something you profess to a lot of people. It's not something you're proud of. But, you know, hey, it happened. And we did what we had to do. I mean, at the time, we had children. We started having children. And 
you know, we started liquidating things, selling everything we can sell. I mean, we just didn't go and ask people for money. You know, we, we see that a lot today. I mean, people just ask for money all the time. And I'm like, well, what are you doing for yourself? You know, that, 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 you know, it's not happening. Tell me the actions you've taken for yourself, because there are plenty of opportunities out there instead of just, you know, panhandling and asking for money. I mean, right, I, exactly. It, yeah, it happens all the time. So for us, we didn't ask for anything from anybody, so what, but we liquidated kind of- everything. Lois, and I'll tell you, it got to the point where we were living off credit cards. We were $160,000 in credit card debt. But, you know, I had to take a traditional job. And so I went to work as a, I'm good with numbers. So I went to work doing finance and it was, it was great. I mean, I, I was making money instead of, uh, you know, not having anything to pay any bills, but I still had a job and I had to be there and it was at the expense of not being with my family. Right. Now, when you say uh, working in finance, did you become a financial planner? No, no, no. I was more doing um, what's called finance and insurance for Honda and Toyota. Oh, okay. And did Patty work as well? No, no. We had children and her. I'm a believer that I want my wife to raise our kids. And so, you know, you know, I was the provider at that time. You know, that's not taking anything away from from Patty. I think that oh, she's the greatest. No. I think that she's the greatest network. People don't see it, but I live with it. You know, I watch it. She's, you know, amazing. I mean, she's, you know, we built this business, you know, 50, 50. And if I had to, if I had to take a guess, she's probably contributed more than I have. So, you know, it's not like it's just Herb Cepeda who's built this or Patty Cepeda. We do this collectively as a team. You know, together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of instances you see couples in this industry and one couple, one, you know, one of the spouses has kind of taken the bull by the horns and, you know, had some success and the other spouse is there for recognition purposes. But here it was a true combination of both of us building collectively. You know, it's interesting because you said that you don't think people see it. They do see it. I think everyone sees it. I mean, Patty is an inspiration to uh, anyone who meets her, man. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely see it. What was your most discouraging moment? In this business? Well, d- during your climbing, because look, you, you just you just talked about a period that was really, really tough. I mean, at that point, you, you didn't know that you were going to find this 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 awesome company. Okay, and, I got and, it. I got it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, the most discouraging uh, moment in this industry is when we both decided to walk away from it after the failure we had the first time around because we believed so much in word of mouth. We just believed in it. It just made complete sense. People talk, we understood that. And we put so much energy and effort into something that didn't pan out the way we thought it was going to pan out. And so when we walked away, it was kind of like somebody ripped our hearts out. Mm. That's how it felt. And... You know, it was, very, it was a very discouraging time for us because we thought our lives would be changed by that first company, uh, but it wasn't. And, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Maybe he put us through that process so that today we can have a clearer picture and understanding of what we have in our hands with our current company. Mm-hmm. So how did you actually discover this, you know, the current company? Well, after failing in that first go-around, some 
25 years ago, you know, we set out to find a company that had everything we were looking for. And we went on a campaign looking for it. And we spent 17 years actually <laughs> searching these companies, thousands of them, Lewis. I mean, it was it was it was quite the process. But when you take five, six, seven, eight years, 10 years analyzing the industry, companies, compensation plans, product lines, training and support, socioeconomic trends that go on, people start to view you as an expert in the industry. And so we figured out a way to capitalize on that. And we started a coaching business. We would start coaching people, anybody in the direct sales industry. And we guaranteed their success. And we would charge as much as $10,000 to $60,000 per client. A gentleman out of, out of Chicago introduced us to this because he became one of our coaching clients. And it was our first time that we had the opportunity to do an um, uh, investigative process because we do in-depth investigation at that time because we felt a tremendous fiduciary responsibility to these coaching clients and so we put ourselves in their shoes and we went out and analyzed it we couldn't believe what we saw we thought we were being a bit complacent because no company scored a perfect 10 in all those categories and now we were looking at a company that did that we really didn't investigate and it came to a point where you know if we truly were people of our word and if we truly believe this company scored a perfect 10 in every single category, and if we truly believe that this company was going to be the next multi-billion dollar year giant, are we going to sit back and let it happen without us or would we participate? Because I'll tell you, it's fascinating. I might be jumping the gun here, but I get excited about knowing these numbers. Do you know that there's only been 50 companies ever in this industry out of the thousands of companies who have, who have attempted to use this model? to get their goods and services to end-line consumers. Since the 1940s, there's only been 50 companies ever to hit 300 million annually. There's only been 52 companies ever to hit 10 years of existence. We're the 50th and the 52nd companies, 52nd. Mm -hmm. Lewis, there's only been six companies ever, six, to hit $500 million annually and continue to grow in their domestic market. We're the sixth company. And so when we made the decision to jump in, we realized we would do it relinquishing our generic status in the industry because that's how we built our coaching business. We were generic, not affiliated with any company. And we knew as soon as we aligned ourselves with one, that generic status goes out the window and it starts to diminish our coaching efforts. And so, we made a decision and we didn't look back and it was the best decision we ever made because in the last nine years, we made about $14 million. Mm -hmm. Yes, fantastic. Good for you. You guys deserved it. You really, really do. You know, did your career as a police officer contribute in any way to your success in network marketing? It has, you know, that I, I joke, but it's true. You know, I'm a born skeptic, but the New York State Police trained me to be cynical. And so when I investigate these companies, even our company, it was with a very cynical eye. And I think that's best. Yeah, so that when you make a decision, it's, it's not based on, um, you know, feeling uh, high in the moment. You know, you can. There's so much that could be that could be said about that because, yeah, when you do this analytical process, you need to do it very objectively. You yeah. need to keep subjectivity out of the equation because as soon as you become emotional, you know, you overlook some objective points. 
did did you go? I'm sure you went as far as interviewing the owners. No, we didn't need to interview them. All we needed to do is investigate them. You're talking about some some pretty incredible people here. You're talking about a person in Jim Cooper who understands corporate America. I mean, he's taken in the early 80s a networking company from nothing to a billion dollars in 27 months. I mean, it was one of the fastest growing networking operations of all time to this very day. His wife, Kathy, engaged in the industry as an associate, just like we are. She's gotten to the top of several companies. And so when she makes decisions or has some input uh, in the industry, you know, she really can do it from a standpoint of understanding where we're at and what we want. I totally agree. How has network marketing impacted your marriage? Uh, you know, it, it allows us to do what we want, when we want, with who we want, as much as we want, and not have to worry about money. And so it allows us to contribute to things we want to contribute to, help people who we want to help or feel that are, you know, not only worthy of that help, but, you know, are people that, you know, can't help themselves. They got themselves backed up to a wall, you know, friends and things of that nature. And, you know, uh, able to spend our time with our children. We, we, you know, our lives are really built around our children at this point. We spend a lot of time building this business because we still have three in, you know, in school, two in high school and one in grade school and two are off to college. So we have a total of five, but, you know, we spend the time talking to people, working this business, you know, when they're engaged in the process of school, but when they're around us, you know, we can turn everything off and, enjoy our families while we have them. Herb, some network marketing couples grow closer as a result of working together. Did that happen to you and Patty? Yeah, I've I've, I've seen both ends of of the spectrum from our viewpoint. You got to remember, we work with thousands and thousands and thousands of people and some couples work great together. Some couples don't, you know, they just have to figure it out. Patty and I just happen to work great together. She's my best friend. I love her. I, you know, I, I just want to be around her all the time. Um, she can get wired up. I'll tell you that. And sometimes, <laughs> I have to, sometimes I have to take something to calm me down because it, you know that enthusiasm, you know, is it, contagious. And you know, but we work we work very well together. You know, I believe that anyone who meets the two of you feels that instantly. Certainly, when I met you, and every time I see you. That energy that comes off of you as a couple is so positive, so strong, it's absolutely inspiring. Elaborate a bit on the benefits of a couple building this business together. Well, you can both reap the you know the rewards and have the uh I don't know, the uh pride of saying that I don't know if pride is the right word because I'm not a big fan of pride. I like to humble better, but you know, this the understanding that you did it together. It was, you know, it wasn't just one and you contributed. You know, there was contribution on your, on your behalf. If you had to look at yourself as a couple building a business and you had to be objective, what strengths and weaknesses do you both bring to the game? Whoa, okay. We don't bring any weaknesses. <laughs> None that we would like to admit to. <laughs> But when you admit to them, you become stronger. You become. I know, but I, I I don't know of any. I mean, come on, <laughs> really? I maybe we don't talk to enough people, just like anybody else. Maybe our father. Oh, that's a weakness, probably. 
<laughs> I wouldn't consider it a weakness because we're working on it. it uh, follow up. Oh. I mean, sometimes you work with a lot of people and some get lost in the cracks and, you know, we're counting on them. Into some, I've witnessed some people who are magnificent at following up with people. But for me, I'm like, I just like talking to people and mm-hmm. seeing which ones respond. Because oh. the people who respond to you, you know that there's a greater level of interest. So follow-up is probably mm-hmm. the weakness. The strength is probably, our strength has always been being able to see what doesn't exist before it happens. Mm. You know, forecasting, having a vision of where things are going. You know, we know, you know, nobody has a crystal ball, but companies like our company have a 14-year track record. And having a 14-year track record gives you markers or indicators that you can go back and research and understand, enabling you to forecast where they're going in the future. So I'll tell you, it's going to be a interesting next 48 months. Why? Why do you say that? Because I believe they'll be the biggest growth months ever in the company's history. Wow. Wow. And yeah, you are inside um, at a level that other people aren't. So uh, you have other factors that I'm sure are um, giving you that strong impression. Now, there are other factors, but I want to be clear. Uh, you know, when you say inside, I mean, we have an organization and it's pretty big. We could judge it by the growth of the organization, but certainly by no means am I, you know, at the corporate level, you know, because, and that's the beauty of the whole thing. We've got, we've got some people we can really trust to make the right decisions. They take our input, um, but they make the right decisions from a mm. corporate perspective, leaving us to do what we're paid to do, and that is build the networks. You're the number one earners in the company right now, and I applaud you for that. At that level, are there still obstacles that confront you building your business? And if so, what are they? Same obstacles I spoke about before, following up with people, dealing with people, <laughs> telling you no, you know, contending with people and all their skepticisms and, and, uh, and uh, objections and, and really having the patience and taking the time to love people enough to really – It'll be, you know, I guess patience is a key word to really explain to them why this is so beneficial for everybody, not mm-hmm. just for a few, but for everybody. Everybody needs to be healthier, and for some, it can change their lives financially. So, I mean, you know, it's not just you, you don't get to a point of success, and I, I, maybe some people do, and some people. I don't know how is success measured, Lewis. It's certainly for us today. It's not measured in whether you're number one in the company or how much you're making. For us, it's measured in different ways. It's it's measured more in more in how many lives are being changed because you did something. Mm-hmm. You know how many lives are being changed because you took action. Whether you whether the action you took was nine years ago for us or whether it's today for some people who are listening to this now. That's very inspirational, man. Thanks for sharing that. Herb, what drives you personally the most? What is your why? Uh, To leave a legacy. You know, I want to leave a legacy of something good uh, for my children, my children's children. I want to be a part of something that, you know, that goes on that for the betterment, of people, not taking advantage of people. 
That's what drives us. I really get fired up and encouraged when people actually see this and they take the first steps because the first steps are, are very scary for people. They don't know. They don't understand the industry. And they they have some issues of 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 a belief. Um, but when they get to that point, you know, all of a sudden it takes on a whole new life. But they have to remember that they were at that point. Most people do get to that point or are at that point unless they have industry experience and not many people do have industry experience and if they do most of it is not positive Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know that's what drives me maybe educating the the masses on the industry are your children um uh, becoming involved in the company as well they are yeah absolutely they'll they i mean they i mean my youngest is 12 monique and we started this when she was, you know, three years old. So it's a part of her life. I mean, it's, you know, and my oldest, Ryan, she's 22, and I have Chelsea 20, and Aaron 16, and Daniel 15. And they all understand it. They all understand, you know, especially the older ones, where we were. Um, but, you know, they, they understand that this could set them free. So, you know, they're not... Uh, going around with anxieties about what they're going to do with their lives and how they're going to make money and how they're going to make a career and all that. No, they, they understand that they, there's a family business here that we've initiated that they can certainly take part of at any given time. They have positions and, you know, they can certainly run with it when they want to and when they're ready to. So we don't force it upon them. You know, they sit back and they watch, but they respect the things that we do when we have gatherings or we tell them we, you know, or you have to go someplace to for business, but it's not often. Uh, but when we do do that, I mean, they're completely understanding of a of it. They like the uh, uh, they certainly like the rewards, <laughs> the rewards associated with having some success in the industry. Um, so no, they're they're good with it, and sure, they'll they'll participate in it when they're ready. That's a really healthy attitude. That that that's really great. That that you don't. Uh, force it on them. You just make them aware of it and um, allow them freedom of choice. Um, mm. Again, you know, kudos to you as a couple. Without talking about numbers necessarily, unless you want to, if you had to talk about percentages, <laughs> let's say you were still a state trooper today, how would you compare percentage-wise the earnings that you'd be bringing home to the earnings that you bring home now as a network marketer? Uh, I, I, there's, that would be an unfair comparison. Look, if you ask the average person, you know, can you believe, can you believe enough? Can you see yourself making five figures a month? I mean, that was the gold standard for us 25 years ago. Five mm-hmm. figures a month, that's $10,000 a month. Well, today... You know, we seem to have a lot of people in our company doing that on a weekly basis, weekly, not monthly. And so, you know, look, if you told me when I was a teenager or when I was in my mid-20s or when I was a trooper that one day, not only would you be earning seven figures annually, but you would be earning multiple seven figures annually. I would have said, okay, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yet, you know, and not everybody will do that. 
Of course not. I mean, if you want to put in a disclaimer, we've worked very, very hard. You know, we put in a lot and we continue to do so. So not everybody's going to do that. But if we've done it, it's possible. The possibility is there. And so everybody has to be a judge of their own level of success. But, you know, that would be an unfair comparison. I will tell you, you know, I never dreamed of making $100,000 a week. Never dreamed of that. Today, you know, <laughs> I got my eyes locked on that right now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so when I say the next 36 to 48 months are going to be exciting, they're very much going to be exciting. You're going to see a lot of new leadership surface, I'll tell you that. A lot of new leadership surface. Heck, in the last 36 months, you've seen a lot of new leadership surface. It's just the way the industry goes. So, absolutely. You know, you said something really interesting. You know, you made the disclaimer, and not everyone's going to do that, but it's possible. My feeling is see if you agree with this. One of the biggest reasons that more people don't is they don't find a way to believe in the first place that it's possible. I would say that would be an accurate assessment. Absolutely. And believe had like I we can rewind the tape and go back to a half an hour ago speaking and speak about how the mindset is a very powerful thing, especially mm-hmm. in this industry. So yeah, I mean, you've got to have I remember saying at one convention, do can you believe more than the next person? Because if your level of belief is strong and high, you know, it's fuel it's fuel for your engine that makes you go out there and share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you invest in formal personal development seminars and courses? Uh, we have in the past. Um, the challenge I see with it today is this, Lewis, and I'll be completely blatant and honest with you. I see so many people engaging, quote-unquote, coaching people, and even people in our company that, you know, if you research their backgrounds, chances are you wouldn't have them coach you. You know, so it, it, it's interesting. And, you know, now I'm not saying that there aren't people who have tremendous input. There are. There's some tremendous people with some tremendous knowledge. But you got to be very careful about who you coach with and how you coach. Because the truth is you can pick up many of their e-books, iPod, uh, uh, you know, podcasts, even books and read them. And you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on coaching. I agree with that. I, I was thinking more of the um, the established thought leaders like Anthony Robbins, for instance. Well, not specifically him, but others, yes. Uh, others, yes, for you? Others, yes, yeah. Who, who would be one that you look up to? A gentleman by the name of Lance Wall now is great. Um, he's taught us a lot about um, operating in the marketplace with a certain mindset to benefit to benefit something that's bigger than just you. Um, he has a what's, great, uh, what's his last name? What's his last name? Wall now. Wall now. W A L. I think he spells it W A L N A U E. Oh, okay. Wall now. Yeah. And how, how did you uh, meet this person or find him? You know what? It's very interesting. That's a, that's a whole nother story that we can take a half an hour to discuss. <laughs> he actually spoke at one of our celebrations. Oh, he was our keynote speaker a few years ago. 
Okay, where do you see yourself in the next five years, Herb? Well, I continue to pray for the health and the safety and well-being of my family and all the people who we come, you know, our extended family. But in five years, we're talking about representing a company that probably would will be in the top five network marketing companies on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a it's a huge statement. I understand and I know that. So we've got to be good ambassadors of that. And how can people contact you if they listen to this today and they would love to, um, you know, find out how they can participate with you and Patty? Email, if they're they're into email, it's HerbCepeda at gmail.com. If they're into uh, uh, websites, uh, you can go to uh, uh, besetfree.me www.besetfree.me. Um, they're probably the best ways to do it. I mean, you know, I, it, it takes a lot for, look, I have the utmost respect for a person who can listen to a podcast or something like this and make contact with people. Utmost respect, because most won't. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you're one of those people that actually pulls the trigger, you know, just know that that's what I feel about people who do that. I mean, they're very motivated entrepreneurial or, you know, very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very uh, secure in themselves and the actions that they take. And I have nothing but respect for that. Well, people, you hear that? <laughs> take heed. Herb Cepeda is H-E-R-B-C-E. P-E-D-A. Herb, leave us with one piece of advice for anyone who is considering network marketing today but might still be on the fence. Jump in, but do your homework. Don't jump in with just any company or you'll spend two, three, four, five years of your lives only to be let down. That is excellent advice from a man with a wealth of experience. Herb, give us a quick recap on the criteria a person should be considering when they're researching a network marketing company. Five things. The company, the products, the compensation plan, the training and support, and the timing, each of which I can spend an hour going through what to look for. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot in those five things, but those are the five things that we look at. Thank you for that. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share? No, I'm just excited about people taking the time to tune in and listen. I mean, you're talking about a good hour out of your day, and hopefully this would be beneficial for you and your family, and I pray that you guys you know, have all the success that you desire. Thank you so much, my friend. I really appreciate taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to come and share your insights with us. You've given people a lot that they can run with and build a life and a business on. Well, thank you for taking the time to provide this to people. I mean, it takes a special people to have the heart to do that, Louis. So thank you. Thank you, Herb. I received that. Once again, I want to thank every one of you who tuned in live today to share this experience with us. Remember to visit www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power to download any one of 180,000 
audiobooks that can inspire you to take action and transform your life. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Your audiobook download is absolutely free. Also, you get a free trial of the Audible service. Of course, listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you got value from it, leave us a rating and review and click subscribe. Remember to get your free ebook, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Herb gave you so much life-changing information today. Don't try to remember all of it. Think about the question that I opened the show with. Are you willing to believe in something before you see it? Herb's greatest gift and Patty's has been to see something that isn't there, believe in it, and then make it become a reality. So during the next week, search within your dreams, your buried dreams. Choose one that you want to make a reality. And then take action and make it come to life. Begin with this powerful catalyst. The question, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.